Hello, my name is Julie King, and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Our fifth destination that we'll be showcasing today is Seychelles. We will hear how Seychelles as a destination has adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they're innovating and marketing to rebuild and reshape tourism. I'm honoured today to introduce you to our guest speaker, Shireen Francis, CEO of Seychelles Tourism Board. Shireen, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to discussing with you Seychelles' plans, vision and insights for tourism recovery. We have a lot to discuss, so I'm going to start with the impact of COVID-19 on the Seychelles. A significant challenge for a destination where tourism directly contributes to 26% of the GDP, with a total contribution of 65%. How challenging has that been for the industry and what measures have been put in place to ensure visitor confidence across the whole customer journey now that the destination has reopened? Thank you, Julia. Very good morning all the way from the Seychelles. As you can see, it's very nice and bright in Seychelles. Perfect for anybody looking for a relaxing holiday. We reopened the destinations for scheduled flights as of the 1st of August. So it's been over three months that we've reopened the destination. But before this, since the 1st of June, we were allowing private planes, private charter for coming. So since we reopened... We realized that one of the main concerns of travelers were their well-being, their health. So when we reopened on the 1st of August, we ensured that the country was opened in a safe manner. As in, we had to reassure both the visitors and our public, the population, that we're doing this in a very responsible way and that the health of both our visitors and our population were first in this process. So the first criteria we set for traveling to Seychelles was what we called a list of permitted countries that was predetermined based on the level of risk, amongst other factors, such as the testing strategy, the evolution of the virus in the specific countries, and a few other criteria that were used And uh, if your country featured on this list, then it means you can travel to the Seychelles. So we started with a list of about 30 countries, and now the list have been extended to 40, and eventually the list will get longer, and hopefully at one point we will be open to the rest of the world. For anybody traveling from this list, they would have to take a test, a COVID PCR test before traveling, and that was strictly 72 hours before traveling. Eventually, when we created a second category of visitors, um, that is a small number of countries that were, even if the risk was relatively high in their country, we're allowing them to come. For them, the test had to be done within 48 hours. And again, this was on the risk level. So other than this, you need also a travel insurance covering taking eventualities of COVID for travel and your air tickets booked accommodation into a certified establishment. And when I say certified, it have to be safe certified. So a great length of effort 
and have been invested in ensuring that all hotel reopening, they reopened with the safe label, right. meaning they comply with the guidelines of the Department of Public Health in terms of the various measures they need to have in place. And amongst these, it involves also daily monitoring of all their visitors in their properties to ensure that the visitors actually is not showing any signs or symptoms of the sickness. Right. And Shireen, can I just ask, so Seychelles has actually recorded very low number of cases. And from what I understand, no community transmissions or deaths from the infections. Has that remained the same from the time that you've opened to international visitors? And do you feel with all of the procedures you have in place that that's been very controlled? Yes, until so far, I would say the public health have done amazing jobs in keeping the infection at bay. And that has been since the beginning. We've had a few cases since we reopened the airport. We've had a few cases, but these were well contained. Because like I said, the risk filters the country put in place, we knew where a certain degree of risk that remained. We've made it as safe as possible, but it did not mean that it's completely 100% safe because you are taking the test 42 hours before your travel. It's two days before your travel where there are possibility that you may still be exposed before you travel. Right. So this is why we've had a few cases, but the good thing is how... This have been handled and managed at home here. Every single services or tourism services, tourism operators, even the other operators at large, there's been a concerted effort on a country level to ensure that every single person is ready for the reopening of the borders. And each of them, they have their own internal procedure and protocols in how they handle visitors to ensure that everybody is kept safe. And because of that, even when the visitors came in being positive, uh, what we saw is um, there were good uh, system of contact tracing in place. So mm-hmm. Department of Public Health could easily retrieve records of everywhere, every touch point of that visitors. They could literally retrieve the records of people also who have been in that place during this particular day and time to do the contact tracing. And even through the contact tracing until date for every single positive cases we have received, no other people in Seychelles or visitors have been infected as a result of it. So we still do not have community transmission in Seychelles. Yeah, which is fantastic. And the Seychelles as islands, you also have, you know, because it's not a crowded destination and there's lots of space and, you know, the ability for tourists to feel comfortable, you know, they can have their own space on a beach and there's not going to be, you know, lots and lots of people there as well. So from a tourist visitor experience, it's actually the perfect destination for feeling very safe. That is actually very true. I believe this makes Asia even more appealing into this world. We are small destinations. We are not specialized in mass marketing. So for us, since we are very niche, we welcome a very small amount of visitors per year. Naturally, because of that, Social distancing kind of holiday was already the trend for Seychelles. It's a place where you come, you don't feel like you're in a crowded tourist place. It's a place where you come, you can see yourself alone on a beach very easily. So it's all been unique 
features of Seychelles even before the pandemic and even right. the reason why people should be considering destination like Seychelles for their holiday. Yeah, which is wonderful. And it's a great relief, I guess, to tourists that are coming to Seychelles, you know, to experience that. So obviously the accommodation has the safe tourism certificates in place. And are those assessed by anyone outside of the hotels on a regular basis to make sure that everyone's complying? Is that the role of tourism to do that? How does that work? So the hotel, before they restart their operation, they had to get the safe tourism certificate from the Department of Tourism, and which is jointly endorsed by the Department of Public Health. When they receive the certificate, there is a reporting mechanism where they have to continuously report on every single day on their visitors. Even when they don't have a visitors, they still have to report saying they have no visitors. So they are in constant communication with the Department of Public Health for that matter. So there is no other in-between checks that does happen, but you are required to adhere to the, the procedures because if something really happened, then I don't think any hotel would like to have to face the consequences yeah. of something happen in their resort and realizing they have not been keeping their records of their visitors, they have not been following the procedures. Yeah. Because from a PR point of view, it's damaging for them. So there is an incentive for them to also join us in this. In actual fact, we get them to sign an agreement, especially for the category two countries where the risks are relatively higher, to sign an agreement to agree that they, they have to adhere to the various set procedures that have been put in place for the safety of their property, their yeah. staff and the visitors as well. Yeah. Absolutely. From a, a travel bubble perspective, is Seychelles looking at any additional destinations to the ones that you currently have traveling into the destination? Is there anything that is on the horizon that you're working on that you could share with the audience? Traditionally, the bulk of our visitors have always come from, from Europe. In times like this, where the volume is so small right yeah. now, my take on this is that each and every market have an equal chance to, to contribute yes. to our visitors' basket right now. And we should not underestimate potentials of peripheral market right now yeah. because the conditions are not the same. A lot yeah. of people cannot travel, still cannot travel because of all the travel restriction in place. And Seychelles, having managed the situation quite well, I believe we already have a safe label. People who travel to Seychelles already feel that they are actually in a safe environment and they told us they would recommend travel to Seychelles to anybody in their sphere of influence. Because of that, on one side, there's all the travel restrictions so that a lot of countries, their citizens are not being recommended to travel. One. Yeah. And if they are allowed to travel, there is still the fear of being infected when you travel. And on the other side, Seychelles being seen as a safe destination, I think there is an opportunity there for any market possibilities to Seychelles tick the box for them. And given their risk is relatively low, like for example, Australia for one, yeah. it ticked the box for us. And yeah. so we are exploring opportunities where we can establish direct 
charter, even if it's not a traditional source market for us. Sure. In that line, Australia is actually one of these markets on our radar right now. I know Seychelles also is exploring the possibility to see whether putting one or two charters from a city in Australia would make sense for them from an aviation point of view here. And of course, us as the destination, we know we have started a bit of work in Australia, so it's not like it's a market completely new for us. We know we yeah. started some yeah. work. We have a little bit one foot inside already. And of course, should the condition be right, as in visitors can freely travel between these two countries, I think there is an opportunity there for us uh, to develop a travel corridor. Yeah, absolutely. Shireen, what has Seychelles, the Seychelles government, I guess, done to support the wider tourism industry on the ground in this crisis? You know, has it been, for example, through some stimulus packages to help the industry in the crisis and, and protect the populations and also support economic activity, which I understand would be very difficult when there's no revenues coming in. But could you explain just a little bit about how that's been handled? At the very beginning of the pandemic, the country realized that the industry had been hardly hit. And, yeah. and tourism is actually our main industry here in Seychelles. So it was important that in the recovery process, we ensure that our hotels, our tourism partners are able to survive the heat yes. so that when it's time to rebound, they are there to help in the recovery. Yes. If we're talking about the recovery, when half, if not more, of our hotels have actually gone bankrupt, they've closed down, that would have made the recovery much, much harder. Yeah. So this is why the government of Seychelles took the decisions to support people that were directly affected from the sudden hit to the tourism industry. And the support were mainly by paying directly salaries of staff on the payroll. So this is a commitment the government took and it, it extends until December this year. The banks also were asked to reschedule loans of these various tourism suppliers to give them grace period because no revenue are coming in to be impossible for them to service alone. Sure. So there has assistance on the government side to ensure that our various um, services in the industry are able to, 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 to sustain. sustain themselves yeah. for the moment. But I have to say during the time, what has developed and emerged, just like every other destination, is what we call the domestic tourism. A lot of hotels, once the domestic economy was back running, so we, we did not have a lockdown or these restrictions of movement, most hotels were offering residence offers to their properties, to their restaurants, to their various services, excursions. Given one hour, people, they have nowhere to go because they are being discouraged uh, to travel overseas, but also it was a very good means for them to at least sustain themselves other than the assistance with the salary they were receiving. And was that quite popular on the domestic side? Did a lot of people actually take that up? Yes, there are a handful of properties for them. Of course, the revenue is not the same as with sure. international tourism because their price were considerably reduced. Sure. But to cover for their what you call the basic fixed costs, it yeah. did the support. Yeah, that's good to hear. 
Talking now about collaboration and how has Seychelles Tourism Board collaborated and united with industry stakeholders across the whole ecosystem from the onset of the pandemic until now? I know that you obviously you regularly talk with everyone and updates, but it'd be good just to show some examples to the audience of how you've done that. For STB, for Seychelles, our work has not stopped, yeah. even if our friends overseas has been in various level of restrictions, we actually uh, we were very proactive in using the time and technology available to remain in touch uh, with all of them. Right. Well, we are in a people industry and I always like to say people relationship matters. It's not because they have been followed that it means you don't try to reach them. They are human beings at the end of the day. And when the times were good, we used to talk every day, we used to support each other. And why not when the times are bad? We still have to remember our partners were there with us during the good times. So across the world, wherever we have offices, even here at headquarters, we've remained constantly in touch with all of our partners. It was important for them to understand what's happening in Seychelles the new measures in place, the various steps of reopening. And every time we have new information, we have made it a must to share this information through various means available today. Other than the basic interactions we've been having with our partners, we've also scheduled various virtual events, for example, virtual roadshows where the partners from Seychelles would join us, virtual seminars, virtual training. We've participated in fairs, for example, in virtual fairs, yes. wedding fairs. We recently participated in the virtual WTM as well, WTM UK. So we've, we've remained active using technology in our advantage, of course. We've been as busy as we were during a normal or yes. normal period. Yeah, yes. that's great. And you also had a whole lot of strategy meetings as well with the industry. And, you know, you still went ahead with those in a virtual environment as well. And, and so I guess looking at the industry on the ground in Seychelles, did you increase your frequency of how you communicated with them and, and how you collaborated during the time? Did that change from how you do things normally? If there's one thing the pandemic has actually done for us is bringing us together. Yeah. It's the Seychelles Tourism Board, the ministry, the private sector, the tourism industry, because we've had a lot of meetings. Reopening the destinations with the new measures in place has not been easy at all. Yeah. Finding that delicate balance between the health and the economy has been a very, very difficult process and task. There have been times of very heated debates and arguments, but I'm happy that each and every time between the Department of Public Health and the tourism industry, we've managed to find some amicable, reasonable ground where the two can coexist. Yeah, great. And this would have not been possible if we were not in constant collaborations, constant meetings, constantly in touch with one another And also very important, keeping the media informed because it's through the media that now you can reach the rest of the populations for them to know what you are doing. Absolutely. Not just the media but the media internationally as well because every single decision we take here in Seychelles, it has to reach our market. They need to know what we are doing. Communication has been 
essential and key in that process. What we have also been doing, we have been doing a lot of surveys as well right. within the industry to understand how badly affected they are, to understand how they perceive and see the future as well. It was important that we are able to put our thumb on the pulse because understanding how they are seeing things would also help us in terms of how we plan for the future right. as well. And we've been having service to also understand from the visitor side, at least the visitors coming, what are their perception, how easy or how difficult they see the process, would they recommend Seychelles during this time of pandemic and things like that. So we've also been very busy collecting market intelligence that will allow us understanding how things are right now, how things may look in the future so that we can plan accordingly our strategy. And Shireen, moving on to marketing now, we're seeing from a lot of our research and global trends a huge shift in marketing and what the expectations will be moving into the 21st century from where we've had inspirational campaigns before to really shifting to much more human connected campaigns and emotional storytelling that are authentic. How has your campaign shifted in this time to adapt to this trend? I know that you've had several campaigns out, you know, you've had a Dream Now, Visit Later campaign that I think came out in April. And then in September, I, I saw the second phase of your digital campaign, which was Experience Seychelles, Our Home, Your Sanctuary. Tell us more about that and what your thought process was behind those. Well, communication, like I said, it's key and be able to communicate your key messages to the world. For us, it was vital and important. The first campaign we launched, it was the time when every single country were in the lockdown. And while perhaps a lot of countries felt that maybe staying quiet was the best thing, for us as a destination, our strategy was clear. Even when people cannot travel, you cannot deny them from a dream. And if you want people to travel when the time is right, you need to stay in their mind. And it was really important that especially we know screen time was even more during the lockdown period. Yeah. So everybody was having more time on their phones, on their various digital gadgets. We wanted to be there in that space. And other than the Dream Now experience, Seychelles later, we also, various market had many campaigns where they would get people to participate on Instagram campaigns, for example, telling us why is Seychelles on their bucket list. So keeping them engaged as well. Of course, our strategy has always been keep them close, keep Seychelles top of mind so that eventually when we open the doors, we open the doors and the conditions are right, that Seychelles will be one of their choices when they decide sure. to visit. So that was complemented by our next campaign, which was Experience Seychelles. Our your, your sanctuary. Okay. And essentially what we wanted to achieve with this campaign was that Seychelles is our home. Um, there are people who live there. And we've done a lot of work to be able to keep our people safe, to keep our country safe. Yeah. But now we were ready to welcome visitors and uh, we wanted to tell them it's a safe place for you to come for your holiday it's your sanctuary. You're welcome into our sanctuary as well. But just always be mindful that there are people who live there and to do to follow the health measures there are in place when you do actually come for visit. 
in sure. Seychelles. So it was uh, our message was quite clear. It was really pinning on the fact that we are being seen as a safe destination, and that is actually one of our very strong points for the moment. You also had Richard Quest as well, and um, from CNN, and he had come out to Seychelles earlier in the year. But he's also just come back again recently. Tell us a bit more about that and, and what's the objective behind the series that he's creating and when will that be aired and will that be aired to the world? The program is expected to be aired very early in January. The idea is to have it over the holiday, somewhere over the holiday period. We are quite happy that right when travel are starting to pick up for Seychelles to be featured in the Quest World of Wonders, Richard, his show are amongst the most watched on CNN and during a time when actually people are very much glued to TV because TV viewership is actually the highest over the Christmas and New Year period. For us, it's very much in line with our strategy of while we focus on individual markets, we must not forget that all these other peripheral markets holds an equal chance of contributing towards uh, our visitors' basket right now. And of course, going on global shows and, and having global campaigns also helps in keeping the visibility worldwide where we're just not focusing on a handful of markets, but we actually reaching a global audience uh, that yeah. potentially are looking for holiday options. Yeah, great. And I also hear you're a bit of a culinary expert in your cooking with your chicken coconut curry. Are you going to be doing that for different countries? Tell us a bit more about that. <laughs> well, actually, I'd love to be doing that. My first experience was actually a big hit and it was all over social media. I didn't actually realize that people always see me in my role as the CEO of the tourism board and talking very seriously yeah. on TV to the media about tourism outlook and seeing me doing something different, which is cooking, was actually a different angle of looking yeah. at facials. And the nice thing about it is... In Seychelles, almost everybody cooks and yeah. almost everybody knows how to cook a very nice chicken curry. And actually, it says a lot about our destination. Are we telling people, yes, we may have the world's best sensi and sen, but I think the best thing you will learn about Seychelles when you visit, it's, it's actually the colors and flavors of Seychelles. It's the people. Yeah. It's how... how different we all look but yet there is some unity that exists within this small nation which is just amazing and the fact that when you actually get underneath the skin of the destinations you will see these colorful flavors the food the amazing food the chicken coconut curry is but one yeah. of this very flavorsome gastronomy from Seychelles. Yeah. And, and the octopus curry as well is one of my favorites. My mouth waters now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think more and more, this is the kind of content we want to push out to people as well. At Seychelles, we, we have more than just the natural beauty. We have, we have amazing experiences, amazing cultural experiences, especially that now this year we celebrated 250 years since the first settlement in right. Seychelles. It's a world to discover, a world that awaits our visitors. Yeah, wonderful. And you've had traditionally in the past a lot of festivals and marathons and the destination has become quite renowned for. 
what will happen with those in the future? Will those still go ahead but under a different, obviously different rules and regulations? Or is there going to be a change in direction on a lot of these events and festivals? Unfortunately, this is one of the travel segments, I would say that has been the hardest hit during this pandemic. And this is the my sector in general, when you're talking about events, anything that groups large amounts of people right now is not in vogue, I have to say. So a lot of our large events we used to host will definitely, we will not see at least not for 2021. There may be, but it would have to be very niche, very specific, and where we would have to satisfy the health protocols and guidelines in terms of social distancing and other measures in place. Also, what we have to take into account is Seychelles have been very hardly hit economically. So a lot of these kind of events, we depend a lot on the private sector sponsorship to make it happen. Sure. And we know we 2021 is would be another year where the private sector would not be able to join us in this quest to to support us on this kind of events. So right. even from an economical point of view, we would have difficulties to be able to stage this kind yeah. of events. But yeah. of course it yeah. doesn't mean that there would not be anything. I know there are events that goes virtual. So if there are things we can do virtually we will look at the possibility that in events, perhaps like our golf competitions we had, if we can do it with a smaller group, a more niche, a bit more targeted, perhaps we make it a bit more exciting where we say, you know, it's only the top 10 that can make it for the finale to Seychelles. So it's not a large group of people. If we are able to do that, we'd be happy because at the end of the day, all these events uh, did help us in generating a lot of visibility for the destination as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've obviously seen a lot of, as you mentioned earlier, consumers, you know, in that digital space and consuming digital all day long during lockdown and beyond. What changes do you see that will happen to marketing destinations, you know, now and in the future as a result of the pandemic? And how do you see that changing moving forward? If you'd ask me about in terms of marketing activities and tactics, I would say digital means of marketing would probably fill in a lot of the marketing space right now until people are able to travel, until people feel confident to travel. And until mice in general, exhibitions, uh, seminars, and all these kind of things are able to pick up. But then again, one may ask, perhaps it might be a trend for the future now that people are so confident and so at ease with virtual events. And probably a lot of companies have even seen the economic benefit of having virtual events. That may potentially be a trend that will continue even after the pandemic. There's been so much virtual platform develops. It would be such a shame for all these to go to a waste after we are done. Yeah. After we find the vaccine and everybody start traveling and then all of a sudden these things are of no value. I think it will be something that will probably stay and have a place, a very important place in the marketing of destination. If you ask me about trends, how I see the shaping of, uh, in terms of the travel industry, I would say that what the pandemic have created, 
people have developed more love and appreciations for things they used to take for granted before. Yeah. For example, being in the outdoor, being close to nature, these were things that perhaps it was not appreciated by the majority. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would still prefer to go to destinations where there are it's, it's urban destination, for example, where there's uh, there's more buildings and roads and skyscrapers mm-hmm. actually seeing actual trees and rivers or forest. Large theme parks, for example, attract hugely more people than nature reserve, for example. Yeah. But people having had been in confinement for extended amount of period of time in just seeing four walls for months and months, what we are picking up from a lot of expert analysis is that people just want to go out in the outdoor. They just want to go to the mountains. They just want to go to the lakes. They want to go to the beautiful beaches, to do the walks and trails, to breathe new fresh air. And this is the kind of tourism I would tend to see going, will be going towards for the coming year or years. And family travel probably will be very, very high. The reason for this, again, it's the fact that a lot of families have been separated. That's right. And right right. now we know a lot of families who have actually traveled to Seychelles when they're planning their journey because they do interact with our offices a lot. This is how we know. So they might have the father have been in one country, the mother with the children in another country. So they ask, they're asking for advice, you know, can they come to us first and then we come down together. So what we're seeing is people are using the opportunity to go on holiday to reconnect with family, grandparents, aunties and uncles whom they've been separated for a long time. And of course, because of the restriction in place, they cannot go visit them there. They cannot spend time together. So they will choose destinations which are safe, like Seychelles, and clear protocols in place for them to reunite. Yes, absolutely. And Shireen, obviously, the, the travel trade globally has been decimated as well with, you know, no bookings, you know, coming through. And they've spent a lot of time just focusing on cancellations and, and trying to get people's deposits back. And with destinations also equally struggling from a budget perspective as well. How do you see that collaboration with travel trade globally moving forward? Because I guess in many ways, destinations won't have the same funds to contribute to campaigns and and the trade partners won't have that marketing budgets to be able to promote the destination. Do you see a different type of partnership that might arise working with the global travel trade to, I guess, more efficiently do things, you know, than before? And is it maybe that is, you know, either working with other countries together to promote you know, a wider area or is it, you know, working with more partners on the ground to make it more cost effective? What do you think will happen there? Julie, I would say that already STB, our style of working has always been working collaboratively with all of our partners. Yeah. It's actually one trait that Seychelles have always had, which has been appreciated by the travel community. It's the fact that because maybe we were small destinations, we always have limited resources. Yes. We knew the art of working in collaborations with other people to achieve our targets and objective. And we always believed that um, 
whatever you do, if you are able to join resources with somebody else, with a group of other people, your return would be higher and it would be yes. a win-win. So for us, this has not changed. And actually, if you ask me now, it's even more important yeah. that we hold the hands of our partners and we hold our hands in this process. So if you are willing to sell us as the destinations, we, we will definitely come and work closely with you and help you whatever way we can to make this a reality. Because when you sell packages, you win. Yeah. But you sell packages to Seychelles, we also win. So it's important that more than ever now we become even closer to our partners. We see their struggle and we come in and assist whichever way we can. Like we say, like I said, we don't have a big budget. We've never had kind of luxurious budget like maybe other destinations would have. Yeah. So collaborations have always been the name of the game for us. Yeah. And we even looking, had this discussion on the Vanilla Island level, for example, how we can work as a region also and promote inter-travel between the regional countries. We are working very close with all the airlines that are already serving the destinations and those that have given us indications that they will be resuming their operation. We talk to them on a weekly basis as if they are they sit in our office. This is how close we are yeah. to them. It's a lot of time. It You have to dedicate a lot of time for this kind of relationship, sometimes beyond work hours. But I believe it's the strategy for us to be able to to put the destination back on track, but also in that process also make sure that our partners in the industry also survive. Yeah, survive. absolutely. And in terms of innovation, you know, what have you seen come out of the destination that has surprised you, you know, in the, in the sort of in this COVID period? And has there been any innovation that Seychelles Tourism Board, you know, has also undertaken? Yes, what we've seen, it's the fact that the staycation is yes. the first one. This was not really a big thing for Seychelles. And now I think, and I hope it is a trend here to stay yeah. because we've never seen the amount of deals and offers on the table being targeted at the local population. Yeah. Some of our properties have been pleasantly surprised at the response also. What we're seeing also is all the various virtual initiatives that have come out of this pandemic. One is what is being termed as the armchair travel. So people are doing tours, yeah. virtual tours, virtual shows, entertainment shows. Like, for example, we did have an artist who had one of his show virtually and you okay. basically buy your ticket, which was a very subsidized rate, you would normally pay if you'd had to go and watch it live somewhere. You would watch your, the show with your family in your sofa, in your armchair from home, mm. while enjoying your drinks and everything else. And this, I think, would probably be a trend, a trend to continue because I know several operators on the ground here, they are working towards to establish more of this kind of experience for people who cannot travel. They can still enjoy the beauty of Seychelles, the various colors of Seychelles by doing it virtually. And of course, what I totally see developing more and more is personalized kind of experience. Yeah. For example, 
before we would have like this big catamaran taking 100 people on an excursion. You don't see this anymore. What you see are much more personalized experiences where you would have a small boat that they would tell you they'll take a family yeah. on excursion. And when you're taking a family on excursions, you can be very much more personalized in your approach. You can amend your itinerary. So you don't have to be asking 100 people permission to amend an itinerary. And of course, it's an added value in the experience, right? Because then the visitor feels more special because they have like their own private excursions and it's more value for money at the end of the day. And and it's sort of in terms of, if you've asked me in terms of experience, it's what people have been looking for for a long time, much more personalized kind of experiences and feeling special and not feeling like they are just another number when the host is calling you by your first name instead of like group number two, group number three. I believe it's probably a trend that uh, it must be developing elsewhere as yeah. well. Yeah. I think one of the trends that we're obviously seeing at the moment, um, and particularly as many countries you know, still have their borders closed, is that obviously the global travel has changed to local and then local travel will then go to global, but they will go from local to global to be local. And again, people are looking for that connection with communities of really getting that authentic experience and wanting to know that they're actually giving back to the destination and what they do. With that in mind, is that something that Seychelles already has quite a lot of those experiences, but is that something that you're developing more and more for people who have that expectation now beyond the pandemic to want to get that richer connection to communities, I guess, and to spend time with locals? I'm a firm believer that this will be something we will see more in Seychelles. I was just listening to the minister's interview about a few days ago where he actually did place a lot of emphasis on community tourism, on individual communities, setting themselves in a way that they offer their experiences to visitors. And that's a means of getting more experiences on offer, allowing people also to have another reason to come back to Seychelles again. So they would know that they have not been able to tick all the lists And they need to come back again to be able to tick another list. So there'll be so much to do that one visit to the Seychelles would not be enough, even if the islands are small. So this is definitely a direction um, the country wants to take. And and believe me, we have so much on offer, so much flavors, like I've said previously. And we are so colorful as a nation that I have no doubt that we will stand out as a destination once people are able to discover more of the cultural side of Seychelles. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And another trend, obviously, a lot of consumers traveling have had a lot of challenges around booking conditions and terms, you know, when COVID impacted the world. And the need moving forward is to have more agility in those booking terms and conditions and more agility around insurances and and things like that. And certainly much more around the added value component, you know, in there. Is that something that the products and the hotels and different accommodations, Seychelles, have taken on board and are looking to be more flexible in that regard as well moving forward? Our properties in Seychelles, I believe they have come to term that the little business or coming towards the destinations, if they want to keep it, they need to be flexible yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And 
Being flexible also is a marketing tool right now because people are very unsure about traveling, that they are only willing to book places where they know there are some level of flexibility because yeah. of, again, the uncertainty right now with all the travel restriction in place. Things are very fluid. One day, you're on the safe list. Tomorrow, the, your yeah. country can be removed from the safe list or the permitted list. It's the same thing from the yeah them the country's perspective. Like for example, in Europe right now, a lot of countries, various citizens are being advised not to travel. Yeah. And there are consequences if they do travel. I've just mentioned two here, but there are so much other uncertainties. Yeah. So I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, that was a bit of a challenge for Seychelles. We did receive a lot of concerns from travelers who have had to postpone or cancel their travel about our hoteliers being very rigid in terms of their cancellation policy. But then again, it was most of the industry players were still adjusting to the shock. Remember, the pandemic hit us quite fast and people yes. were learning how to deal with this. They were still adjusting. There are things that would have never been considered before that all of a sudden we're on table for discussion. So six months, seven months, eight months down the line, I think by now they realize that this thing is serious. Businesses is very slow, almost none. And you cannot always just depend on the goodwill of the destination for things to happen. As yeah. a property, you also need to play your part. And ever since we've reopened the destination, we've not really had any concerns of a, or inquiry that has come to our office about rigid cancellation policy. No news is good news because yeah. when in the beginning of the pandemic, that was our number one concern to the yeah. point now that we are not receiving it anymore. So for me, it's no news is good news. Yeah, it means great. that the industry has adapted. Yeah, great. And the other trend that we're starting to see is that people will travel less, but they'll travel for longer. And they really want to spend a lot longer in destinations and immerse themselves and have that quality time. Now, Seychelles has always been quite a long-stay destination, traditionally anyway. But are you seeing, since um, tourism has reopened, are you seeing that average length of stay starting to change at all? Yes, we have seen that trend as well, like you would know. Yeah. Um, historically, our average length of stay has always been 10 days. Yeah. We have not received official figures from our National Bureau of Statistics, but recent survey we have done, yeah. we've realized that we have a bigger amount of visitors staying between 11 to 20 days, right. and we have uh, quite a good number staying more than 20 days, more than a month. So I would say probably when the official figures would be out, just based on that survey, we would probably see a trend, yeah. a trend of longer length of stay for Seychelles. And the destination, we are working on a, a scheme to be able to welcome also um, people who want to work remotely as well. Right. Of course, this has been done together with a bunch of other partners like the Seychelles Investment Board. Chamber of Commerce and Industry, the Tourism and Hospitality Association, because we want to get it right. And we don't want to develop the scheme just 
for now that we're in a, in a pandemic period, but we think it's a possibility for Seychelles, even for the long term, even after everybody has taken the vaccine and travel is back to normal. Yeah. We totally see the potential for the destination as a long-term strategy as well. Had a lot of very good case studies and success stories in terms of people who would use Seychelles as an inspiration for their work. For example, Ian Fleming, you yes. know, who wrote the series, the James Bond series, for example. Yeah. All the pieces of his work were written while he was in Seychelles. So yeah. we already have very good stories which I think this is why I said even beyond the pandemic, it would be a strategy for the country. Yeah, it's certainly a trend that we're starting to see in, in several countries now. So that's great that you're looking at that. So talking about future and sustainability of the industry, what do you think, talking from a global perspective, that the industry really needs to do to shift and to ensure that it has a positive impact on the planet, society and a stronger economy overall? Sustainability has been always part of our marketing messages and marketing strategy. Actually, Seychelles is almost synonymous to the word conservation and sustainability. I probably think when you mention the name Seychelles, a lot of people would automatically associate us with these words. I believe there's been a lot of talk out there where people say, you know, with the pandemic now, perhaps all the sustainable efforts is going out of the window because the money is not there to be able to sustain this kind of sustainable project. But if you'd ask me my point of view, I would think the contrary. Because of the pandemic, we should not slow down on all of our sustainability projects and we should not slow down on all the efforts we've done in terms of conservation and sustainability. We've actually got a golden opportunity to educate and create awareness with our travelers, the new trends of travelers that will emerge after the pandemic. We've got them at a time where probably they've had time to, like I said before, to understand that at the end of the day, you can have all the bling blings of the world, but what really is important at the basic, it's mother nature, it's what We have been blessed with the trees, our sea, our water, our ocean, our families. And because we've managed to bring the world to this kind of thoughts, when all the fast-paced activities actually at a halt, we should use this opportunity to build our sustainability goals and targets on. We should use this opportunity to create more sustainability ambassadors. So for us Seychelles, we actually, going forward, we want now that visitors who come to Seychelles, they come to Seychelles for the right reason. Yeah, We are not into mass tourism. We want people who come to Seychelles to participate with us in our initiative and be our ambassadors and go back to the world and talk about our cause and Like we are one destination amongst many who are being affected by climate change. And even after the pandemic, climate change issues would still be there. Yes. This is actually a bigger threat. If you put COVID-19 and climate change on a scale, climate change still remains the bigger threat for the world. Absolutely. So we'd like our visitors to understand what kind of threat a small island destinations like Seychelles are faced with. Yeah. 
we want them when, when they go back home to be able to talk to their friends and families about this and create the awareness. And I think the time couldn't be better for us to be able to achieve those targets. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And Cherie, my last question for you is what advice would you give from your experience of being open for a few months now to other countries that are planning to open soon when it's safe to do so? From everything that you've done so far and the lessons that you've learned, what advice would you give to the world? My first lesson would be it's important that you are opening up for the right reason. And we are still in a public health crisis. One should not ignore that fact. Travelers are still concerned about their well-being and their health. And it's something we should not ignore at all in our procedures for opening. And we need to be able to find that delicate balance between reopening up economic activities and keeping your visitors and your people safe. At the end of the day, yes, we need the money but we need to keep our own people, your people, safe as well. So we should not ignore them in the process of reopening the destination. The second one I would say is once you reopen, have a bit of patience. Things will not be back to normal anytime soon. It will be slow. You will make a lot of forward progress and backward as well. The important thing is that you keep on pushing If you've got your procedures right, you believe in the procedure you've put in place, just keep on pushing. It will take time. Some will move faster than the others. And perhaps the last one is to never forget that we are a global village. Yes. None of us is in this pandemic alone. We are in it together as a world. Each of us are facing our struggle in different ways. And we should not be afraid to talk about it, to network, to tell people about our experiences, because this is the only way you can grow, the only way you can improve your own procedures back home is to learn what other countries are doing. And there's nothing wrong in adopting maybe what somebody else has been doing at this point in time. Like I said, travel is something which is global. It's not a local thing. That's and right. for travel confidence to pick up, you need all the all the destinations, all the airlines, all the global partners to be able to rise again. And it's no longer about competition here. I believe no. it's Absolutely. more about collaboration. Right Absolutely. Music to my ears. And, and that's exactly what we're trying to do with uniting the whole industry together in the way that we're doing moving forward. So, Shireen, thank you so much for your generosity, for giving your time and valuable insights today. We look forward to bringing you back onto future panels as we work together to shape the future of tourism. I wish you the best of luck with continuing to do the great job you're doing in keeping visitors safe in Seychelles and the pandemic under control. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. <music>